0: Panipak's golden dream come true. Suratani native pulls off last gas victory in title showdown. Panipak Wang Patanakit may have been nicknamed tennis but it is taekwondo that she's always excelled in, and on Saturday, the Thai star fulfilled her dream of becoming an Olympic champion in the Korean martial art at the Tokyo Games. The 23-year-old defeated Spain, Adriana Cerezo Iglesias, 1110, with a last gas kick in the women's 49kg final to become Thailand's first winner at Tokyo 2020, and also the country's first Olympic gold medalist in taekwondo. The Suratani native now has a complete collection of gold medals from major international tournaments including the World Championships and Asian Games. She was the title contender at Rio 2016 but had to settle for bronze. She was so upset by the result that she thought about quitting the sport after returning home, but after staying away from Taekwondo for two months she decided to carry on for another chance to get an Olympic gold medal. Well, that is some very good positive news and, and you know, a bit of light and all this darkness to do with COVID. I watched the event myself uh, last night and I thought it was very exciting, expe- especially the last 10 seconds. Though I had to watch it a couple of times to figure out exactly how she scored the points. But when you slow it down in slow motion, it became very obvious. But congratulations to her and our coaches. I think she's dedicated her life to the sport and, you know, that dedication has finally paid off. Now getting back to the doom and gloom that seems to be around Thailand at the moment, let's start by looking at today's COVID numbers. The country has recorded high of 15,335 new COVID-19 cases along with 129 new fatalities over the previous 24 hours the Public Health Ministry reported on Sunday morning. There were 14,694 cases in the general population and 641 among prison inmates. Bangkok continued to lead in new infections with 2,700 cases, while its five neighbouring provinces, Nantaburi, Prakan, Samut Samutsakhan and patam had a combined 3,369 transmissions, according to figures from the Centre for Covid Situation Administration posted on Sunday. So yes, a new record, a new day, a new high, there's no end in sight to this at the moment. What seems to be encouraging though is in Bangkok, the numbers have gone down slightly, but What's propping up the numbers is the amount of clusters that have been found around the country in factories, you know, and in different provinces. Maybe the restrictions are working, but they certainly are not in other parts of the country. So I think that's something that may have to be. Looked at, I mean, they found 3,000 cases in a chicken factory in Petraboon, I think. I'm not sure what province it was. And then, you know, uh, a rubber plantation factory in Nakhansi, Tamara, they found 150 cases. The thing is, as they start to test and test and test, they are finding more and more infections. But we can only hope things do get better in the future. Um, It's looking a bit bleak at the moment. 10,000 seems like a good number right now. I mean, we're getting closer to the 20,000 per day. So, but fingers crossed we don't get that far. Now, some Phuket sandbox news. The Phuket Provincial... Public Health Office reported 11 new confirmed COVID infections on the island for yesterday July 24 including one from the Phuket sandbox. According to the report the 11 new local infections bring the total number of infections confirmed on the island since April 3rd to 904. As such, the eleven new cases bring the total number of new local infections on the island in the past seven days to 67, according to the Phuket Sandbox daily report issued by the tourism authority of Thailand. For yesterday, so far, ten thousand eight hundred forty-nine people have arrived in Phuket under the Sandbox scheme. Ten thousand eight hundred forty-nine—it's nothing to be, you know, sneezed at. It's something. It's better than nothing but the problem is with this ten thousand eight hundred and forty nine is that there's absolutely no domestic tourism right now in phuket so the only business they actually have is from this sandbox in international tourism and i just wonder if they didn't have this sandbox would they have more domestic tourism right now and that's uh would be a very interesting comparison to trying to figure out i'd love to see the numbers from let's say last low season with the amount of people that traveled to phuket versus now with the sandbox and see the difference i'll try to dig up these numbers i'm sure they're available somewhere and it would be a very good comparison to make you know last year's numbers uh without the sandbox versus this year's numbers with the sandbox but all the domestic restrictions so i'll try to find those numbers out and i'll bring them to you in another show in the future more domestic phuket flights resume more domestic flights to and from phuket returned yesterday as bangkok airways confirmed it was resuming its Phuket to Samui route while Nok Air reopened its Phuket to Utapo route. The announcement came as the Civil Aviation Authority of Thailand, CAAT, issued a reminder to airlines and passengers to ensure all conditions of travel were being adhered to appropriately. The CAAT reiterated the importance of correct paperwork being in place in order to allow travellers permission to enter their destinations and called on airlines to enforce these conditions prior to issuing boarding passes. This applies to any tourists that have previously touched down in any of the sandbox destinations such as Phuket or Samui, who plan to make onward journeys throughout the country once their obligatory 14-day stay had expired and they had successfully obtained a negative Covid test result. This is a smart thing that a couple of airlines have done. Nock Air cannot and neither can uh, Thai Airways fly directly to Bangkok right now because it's designated a high risk zone so what they are doing is flying to Pattaya and then people can then if they need to get to Bangkok take a taxi up to Bangkok so it's a nice a nice little workaround for people so they can get around the country a little bit better at the moment there's no bus services around the country flights are very very limited so yeah it's something to help people i guess and, and it's kind of smart in a way too it's it's trying to keep some form of money flowing within that airline though i doubt there's a huge amount of people going on these flights at the moment but you know it it's something for them and, and and it's and it's good for people too to know that at least they can get somewhere if they need to go somewhere now we're coming back to the story about the three people that were found dead on bangkok streets now an additional elderly man infected with COVID has been found on Bangkok Street again. On Saturday morning, an eight-year-old man infected with COVID-19 was found dead on the street, making it the fourth person found on the street in Bangkok. The elderly man's body was found lying beside the Victory Monument at 7.30am. Local vendors were the first one to spot the man's body before contacting health officials. Initially the man's cause of death was unknown until medics from Ramatipadi Hospital arrived at the scene along with rescue staff and tested the man with a COVID-19 rapid test kit. Preliminary autopsy showed that there was no injury on the man's body. Among his belongings were medicines for hypertension and diabetes. His body was later sent to the hospital for further examination. A police officer stationed at the scene told the nation that the dead person had been beside the Victory Monument since the previous night. The elderly man is the fourth person to be found dead on the streets of Bangkok within a week. Earlier this week netizens have slammed Bangkok police claiming they that the bodies of three men who had died separately on the streets of the capital were left uncollected for hours. RIP to the man who, who, who did die. The police knew that he was there from the night before? But they didn't do anything about it? Does that sound a bit odd to you? A police officer stationed at the scene told the nation that the dead person had been beside the victory monument since the previous night. So he knew that that man was there and it took a vendor the next morning to call health officials. This this policeman should be sacked on the spot. There's no place for people like that in society who'd willingly see a man on the ground, know he's dead, and do nothing about it. I mean, that's hard to believe. In in my world that I live in, I, I don't know about people out there amongst, but if, if I saw a dead person lying on the street, I'd be calling the police and an ambulance and probably an ambulance first, followed by the police. It's totally unacceptable. What do you think about that? If you knew that in your country, a policeman knew there was a man dead on the street and left him there till the next morning, what would you think about that? Well, I think that's totally unacceptable. Government was floored by variants, says the World Health Organization. The Thai government's reaction to new variants was ill-advised and has contributed to the soaring numbers of cases sweeping across the country, according to the World Health Organization. Richard Brown, Health Emergencies Program Manager of the WHO's Thailand office, was speaking at the official launch of the EU WHO Southeast Asia Health Pandemic Response and Preparedness Program in Thailand, during which he praised the initial response to last year's first wave, went on to suggest poor decisions had been made as the nature of the threat changed. I think the main reason for Thailand's problems was the emergence of the new variants. We know that viruses change and evolve over time, but I believe not everyone anticipated what would happen and its impact, he said. He also said although the new virus was more infectious, the modes of transmission had not changed, so existing protocols can be tightened to control its spread. There is a big responsibility for the public to apply at least the basic measurements to stop infections. If everyone can do this, we can break the chain of transmission, he explained. Dr Nakhorn Premsi, the director of the National Vaccine Institute, admitted that the first wave measures went well because the cooperation from various sectors, particularly the government and the public. No matter how good the measures are, without the backing of the public we may face even more serious levels of contagion as happened in other countries, Dr. Nacorn said. Also, criticism of the vaccines has been unfair, as they were developed in the period before mutations were uncovered. The vaccine chief went on to suggest that we may have to wait until the end of this year for vaccines to prevent more and other variants, and that's without considering the possibility that yet more mutations will occur. Vaccine research may struggle to keep up with the rate of change we're currently seeing in the virus he added. Dr. Nikorn went on to explain that each vaccine required time before prompting immunity, six weeks for Sinovac and over eight weeks for AstraZeneca, sufficient to ward off infection. He added that vaccine health officials are working very hard and the public too are trying their best to comply with official measures, but high levels of contagion are still our main challenge. For now, the best we can do is to focus on vaccinating those in vulnerable groups to both reduce mortality and also help alleviate some of the strain on our already overstretched medical services, he warned. It's interesting comments from both the World Health Organization, but also the guy in charge of vaccine procurement in the country. He's suggesting that in some way it's also the public's fault and not just the government. But people take their lead from the government. So if the government say to you that, well, It's the biggest party week in Thailand, Songkran, go home, enjoy it with your families, don't worry about the COVID, it's fine. Well, should you do it? Even though you know maybe there is COVID out there and you're not sure if it's going to become a huge big problem because the time was building up. So should they believe the government when they say go home, we don't mind, there's no travel restrictions? I think that's the government's responsibility to ensure that they put out the right message to people. Now the other issue about vaccines and mutations, well to be honest, everybody's known there's been mutations since about January of this year. The idea that you know there's mutations out there, but you don't plan for that in your vaccine rollout. Stop buying Sinovac, buy mRNA which seems to be a lot better in combating these variants, even AstraZeneca is, but to continue to buy Sinovac when you know that this is a big issue, I think it's just incompetency at its finest. He can make the excuses that they want to, but at the end of the day, these guys are the guys that are in charge. We all hope that these guys know what's going on and can make proper decisions, but to me it looks like they haven't been making the proper decisions. Well actually they haven't because we see the mess we're in now. I guess we can't always complain completely about the Thai government. It's happened all around the world governments have learned to deal with things that they've gone along they've made mistakes etc. But the one thing I will say is that Thailand did a great job combating the virus between April and about February you know last year up to this year. They've also had the chance to study what's gone wrong in other countries around the world and prepare so if something like the third wave came they would be ready for it. But it certainly looks like to me that they never studied what was going on around them. And they just lived in their own little bubble, patting themselves on the back for an amazing job that they have done or had done. And that's exactly how it looks to me from my point of view. They were too busy looking up the papers going, well, look how great Thailand's doing. Look at us, we're fantastic. While the virus is spreading around the country. And they thought they knew more than science did. But it turns out science knew more than they did. And uh, pretty much the average Joe soap on the side of the street knew more than they did. And finally, Suratani announces urgent COVID-19 control measures for Koh Samui and Koh Panyang. So this is for anybody considering going there in the next few weeks. Effective from the 24th of July until further notice, the latest measures are in line with the plan to safeguard Koh Samui, Koh Panyang and Koh Tao under the Samui Plus model. Entry measures for travellers to Koh Samui and Koh Panaan are as follows: All travellers must scan the specified QR code upon purchasing an air or ferry ticket. Complete all the information truthfully and you must be able to provide proof to officials at the C-Tran Ferry Donsac Pier or Raja Ferry Port Donsac or at the Origin Destination Airport Bangkok or Phuket. Travellers from the maximum and strictest controlled areas or dark red zones are required to undergo 14 days quarantine or as specified by officials, and to undergo COVID-19 testing as required. However, they will be allowed to take isolation measures, but they must have received two doses of Sinovac or Sinovarm COVID-19 vaccine at least seven days from the date that the second dose was given, or the first dose of AstraZeneca, Pfizer, Moderna, or Johnson & Johnson vaccine at least 21 days, or have a certificate of having recovered from COVID-19 for not more than 90 days, and... Have received a negative result by RT-PCR or rapid antigen test not more than 72 hours from the day the test was done at a certified hospital or healthcare facility. Red zone travellers are required to do seven days quarantine and along with the other protocols from what I just read out they need to be vaccinated they need to have the RT-PCR test or rapid antigen test. Travelers from controlled areas or orange zone provinces are required to undergo isolation measures. All vaccine travellers are subject to undergo testing or quarantine as deemed appropriate by the officials. Children under 12 years old with a parent or guardian are exempt from taking the test. All travellers must download and install the MoreChana application and turn on the share location function at all times. The takeaway from this basically is we Kosamui Samui do not want any domestic travellers and all we want is people from the Phuket sandbox to come over and that's the bottom line in all of this. If you're from a dark red zone you do 14 days quarantine and you must have basically your vaccination and an RT-PCR test to be able to do the 14 days quarantine from the dark red zone. Again the red zone it's seven days quarantine but you also still have to have all of the other things as well seems very silly to me i don't quite get it astrazeneca pfizer one dose they're saying 21 days Uh, phuket it's 14 days it seems like the rules are not consistent around the country either in relation in relation to your vaccine dose how long after you've had it can you travel to certain areas in one province it's 14 days another province it's 21 days though it's exactly what i would expect in thailand because they cannot liaise together to come up with one rule Everybody makes their own rules up and that's why nobody knows what the hell is going on half the time. There used to be a website that you could go to here in Thailand and you could look up any province to see what the entry requirements were to go into this province. That website stopped working months ago because the requirements changed so quickly. The website administrator couldn't keep up with it, so they just stopped doing it. They said it was complete nonsense to try to do it because they were making up rules as they went along. They didn't tell people about them, so people would turn up in provinces and only find out later. I know of, a in Panya province, I heard a story of a hotel owner who went to a local restaurant that he normally goes to. And he saw a few unfamiliar faces in it. So he went up to them and he was chatting with them and he asked where they came from. And they said, yeah, we've come from Samutsacan. And he said, oh, right. And did you check in with, you know, the health authorities because you're meant to do quarantine when you get here and present documents? Oh, we didn't know we had to do that. We're just going to Phuket. And he then continued to ask him, well, do you have the documents to get into Phuket? Have you been vaccinated? No, we haven't been vaccinated. And he looked at me and said, well, you can't go to Phuket. Then. Oh right, that was the answer. And then it was more like, um, we'll just stay in Panya province then. And he said, Well, you can't stay here. He said you have to have the proper documents. And the point that this guy was making up that if you want to have regulations for the province, under strict regulations, you actually have to have checkpoints. When you're coming into these provinces to check that people meet the requirements to enter but the problem is in a lot of these provinces nobody knows the requirements they just come in there's nobody there to check them so this is one of the reasons why i think COVID is spreading so much around the country is because there is no checks on people coming into the province and whether or not they fulfill the entry requirements to come into the provinces and this is one of the big issues here i put it out to you My listeners, what do you think about all this? In your country and where you are now, whether you're in America, you're in Britain, you're in Europe, Australia, uh, the Middle East, uh, Singapore, wherever you may be right now. During your toughest moment of your lockdowns that you did, was inter-county, inter-provincial travel allowed or not? And if it wasn't allowed, how did they enforce this? I'd be very curious and interested interested to know how this was done. So please leave your comments down below in the comment section and uh, I'll try to reply to them obviously some of them uh, when I get a chance but I'd just I'd really love to know what were the restrictions in your countries. Thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoyed today's episode don't forget to subscribe and don't forget to leave us a five star rating. We are available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify and wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you tomorrow.